Hey guys, before we get to this episode and we talk about the European season kicking off, I have a quick favor to ask you guys. Go ahead into Apple Podcasts, into whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Leave a review and a rating if you can. It helps us grow the podcast so much. We'd appreciate it a lot. We read five-star reviews on the show, so if you want a free shout-out, go ahead and do that. Just a five-star review. And if you uh, want to stay connected to us, uh, follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. All right? Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the final third of podcast. It's Monday. It's our news and prediction show. And this is the best soccer variety show on the internet. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, AJ Tabura, fan of Minnesota United. That didn't go so well this weekend. Fan of West Ham United went very well this weekend and fan of the U.S. national teams. As always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Jack. Hello. I am a Minnesota United fan, uh, a Atalanta fan, a Chelsea fan, which went very well this weekend, mm-hmm. a fan of the French national team and the U.S. men's national team. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means you are listening to this on my 21st birthday. Birthday, let's go. Yeah, which Happy means... Bur- I'm not going to oh, sing it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> so, I'm sorry it. to cut off your singing, but which means... <laughs> do you know what you could give me as a birthday gift? You could follow us on Twitter, on wow. Instagram, or... You could give us a rating and follow on your favorite podcasting platform. Yes. Well, Jack, happy birthday. Thank uh, you. We're recording this the day before your birthday. <laughs> happy 21st birthday. Uh, it's been a, a great time recording this podcast with you. I'm really glad I have you as my co-host. And yeah, uh, live it up on your birthday. I know you're going to go to a, a, a great restaurant uh, to yep. celebrate your birthday. Yep. So a Mexican restaurant. That. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have to say, I'm surprised you didn't mention Newcastle United as one of your <sighs> favorite teams. Jack and I just had a, a literal 30 minute discussion on is, if Steve Bruce is a bad manager. And Jack, Jack thinks that he's he's a fine manager. And I just yeah, he's a ahead. fine he's a fine manager, but maybe he's probably not good enough for Newcastle. But he is. I don't think he's the worst possible manager they could get. So I. I don't know. I, I, I feel like he's not the like terrible. Basically. I, I, I don't think he's the worst uh, manager that they could have possibly gotten. They could have gotten me, for example. That would have been much worse. <laughs> Do I think that he deserves a place in the Premier League? Probably not. Do I think that he would make pretty much like 18 out of the 20? Mm, let's go with 17 out of the other 19 teams worse if he joined. Yeah, probably. That, that's just my take. I stand with all Newcastle fans when I say that he's a bad manager. Jack's Jack's against us Newcastle fans. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah, you. I know how big of a Newcastle fan you are, as you cheered when they got defeated today by West Ham. So <laughs> I mean, that's true. Hey, ASM. <laughs> uh, he's a great player. He has great hair. He he put I think it was Cresswell in a blender when he for that first goal. That was that was crazy. That was crazy. But we're not talking about Newcastle. I don't think at least. Yeah, we're not. No, oh, I don't think so. Thank God. Cause I, I, <laughs> the past 30 minutes was too much. We're talking about a, a lot of different things. Uh, but, but, you know, as Jack said, follow us on Twitter, Instagram at final third show. Uh, I do have to shout out very quickly our fantasy Premier League league. Uh, we have one for the podcast. If you want to join, you could still join and it, it won't really matter for like the first couple of weeks, whether you join late or not. You could still, you know, have a have a good chance of doing pretty well in the league. Uh, Jack is currently sitting in a respectable fifth place out of the 14 that we have right now. 
I'll take 76 it. points. I, however, you know, in AJ fashion is I'm outscoring him and I'm doing even better with a winning team FC, my team with 87 points. However, all of us are getting destroyed by the first place team champions of Europe by the guy whose last name is Tuchel. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, I'm not sure if that's his actual name. I think <laughs> yeah. I think, I think uh, that's someone else. <laughs> I think that's uh, something yeah. else. Well, well, I don't know if there's any relations there. Maybe, but no, no, no. He's got 105 points. I think he had yeah, Ben Rama, uh, Sala Fernandez. This is a that's a crazy team to, to yeah. win there. So if you want to join and potentially take over uh, the first place spot away from Champions of Europe, go click that link down below. Let's get into our first segments for the show. It's our news and predictions episode. We're going to talk about some news and we're introducing a new segment. You know, recently we've been doing uh, the, the transfer hot or not, where we decide whether, you know, something is a transfer is a hot transfer or not a hot transfer. We kind of like that. So we're going to develop that into a new thing called score lines, where we have these different, you know, significant games that we aren't talking about in our predictions. Like this week, we in our predictions, we're talking about the Dortmund game, the UEFA Super Cup, uh, uh, other such games like that, like Brentford versus Arsenal, like all that stuff. That's going to be the predictions. But there are still some games that we haven't talked about in our prediction segment that we think deserves some airtime to talk about the major implications it has on the season and the major trends that we're seeing out of this game. So we picked five. I don't know if we'll do five every time, but that's just what we did. Uh, the first one is the first kickoff game in the Bundesliga. Borussia Mönchengladbach tying with Bayern Munich 1-1. to I'll throw it to Jack first. Jack, what did you see out of this draw? What do you uh, come out of it with? Well, it, it's it's not Bayern being Bayern. That, that, that's that's one of the big takeaways. This is not the same Bayern Munich that was really a, a well-oiled machine under Hansi Flick. It's a lot, a lot different. And, you know, it, it, it's a lot. Some of it is new signings like Deod Upamecano not being fully acclimated to the team uh-huh. necessarily yet. But some of it, you, you have to feel like some of it comes down to the manager right now, Julian Nagelsmann, because he actually hasn't won a game yet as Bayern's head coach. I, I might be wrong on that, but when I looked, he hasn't won a friendly. He hasn't won a, a competitive game. He, he's not they're also a good time missing there. some players, to be fair. I think. True. He, they, I, I think they might be missing like one or two players, but they had Lewandowski. They had Muller. Uh-huh. They had Gnabry. They had Zane. They had they had Neuer in goal. They had Kimmich. They had Goretzka. They uh, they had Davies. They they had like a pretty full strength squad. Like it wasn't terrible. But yeah, they, this is just not the same Bayern, really. It, it, it seems like I don't know what's happening with them, but. It, it part of it feels like it has to come down to Nagelsmann getting the tactics wrong because they uh, they got scored on first. They were only mm-hmm. able to score one goal. Lewandowski missed like a tap in even. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw that one, but he basically hit it into the goalkeeper's arms like uh, right. In, it was right in front of him. Cued it right off to the side and it was an easy save. So, uh, I mean, the other thing, though, because it would be unfair to say that this is all Byron being bad because a lot of it is Jan Sommer being very, very, very good. Eight saves. Uh, yeah, it, it was really incredible. He he was fantastic in this game. He he is the reason why Gladbach walk away from this with a point, really. Like, you can you can say, like, yeah, the Alisson play, good goal, I guess. But 
no, it, it, the, the, the hero is Jan Sommer, really. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is a great goalkeeper. He showed that at the Euros this summer, and he's showing it in the league this season, it looks like. Yeah, I, I have to add on, because I'm a U.S. men's national team fan. You mm-hmm. are too. Yep. Joe Scally, Scally, right. however you pronounce it, uh, he plays as a right back, but due to uh, injuries, would ha- had to fill in as an emergency left back. He's an 18-year-old from the USA, and he played just lights out. I think from I think he was actually on foot mob, the highest rated outfield player because he contained Sané and won eight out of 11 duels, had six recoveries and won all two tackle attempts that he tried. Like he was such a great defender and really complicates our depth chart on who to take to World Cup qualifying. Obviously, he's going to have to be a little bit more uh, consistent on a larger, larger scale than just this one game, but still pretty good. I when, I when I look at this Bayern team, I see the framework, obviously. I do think that it's going to take a little bit of settling down, especially from like uh, Upa Meccano to really solidify this defense because it, it did look shaky. But I think once they get settled down, obviously losing Alaba was a huge loss. But I think once they get that settled down, it's going to become the Bayern that we know of. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Bayern and some other Bundesliga teams in our uh, uh, top five European league previews that we're going to do just in a little bit. But the, the main takeaway, I suppose, is this, like Jack said, Bayern not being Bayern. Let's go to Man United not looking like Man United because they're playing very, very well. This is Man United beating Leeds United, one of their rivals, five to one goals from Fernandez. Three of them, actually, a, a hat trick from him. Uh, Greenwood and Fred got a goal each and Paul Pogba got four assists for those five goals. Uh, Leeds had ailing score, so he got that, uh, got that, you know, yeah, a goal to equalize actually, but that was all for naught and it ended up being 5 1 for Manchester United. Uh, the thing that I'll point out first despite Pogba reportedly being on his way out, he shows what he brings to this team. And if Pogba can go into full on playmaking mode, that's going to bring so much more creativity to this team because that's not something that we've been able to see from him in the past couple of years. He's got four assists this one game. It's the most assists that he scored in the past two seasons, and it's only week one. He had only six goal contributions last season. He has four now. Like, I'm not saying it's going to continue. This is obviously just one data point. But if this does continue in any type of meaningful way, and you have... Pogba and Fernandez leading that creativity this Manchester United team is going to get a lot scarier than people have given them credit for in this early stages in the season Jack Man U versus Leeds U what do you see I mean obviously United were very good in this but I I also think it shows how much they need Veron really because their defense on that goal that they conceded was not good mm-hmm. it was very poorly organized and even though Lindelof chipped in an assist for a goal it still shows that they that he's just not good enough defensively for them and it shows Veron really can't get there mm-hmm. quick enough for them it also I I mean like you know I I also think Leeds uh a lot of people were like ah people were like Leeds are going to be good this season but they uh but this happened to them on game week one and just remember it's game week one it's game, of course, of course. It's game week one, so Leeds are still a good team. Bielsa is still a good coach. They're not 
he's not a finished manager because he lost 5-1. It's better than last season when he lost 6-1 to them. So there you go. I thought it was 6-2. Uh, uh, 6-2. Maybe it's a little worse. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know what? He, he conceded he, one less goal, to be fair. Conceded one less goal, but scored one le- less? Oh, Ooh. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. But still, I, I think that they, are, they still played this first half very well. And they did well at the beginning of the first half, but they just switched off for the rest of the game. So maybe murder ball is getting to them. I guess that maybe. that might be what it is. But I, I I'd say for Leeds fans, don't panic. I don't think that it's it, it's the it's the sign of dark times or something like that. I think you're fine. Mm-hmm. And Manchester United fans, I would say, you know, get a little hyped, you know, because like you said, Varane still isn't here, but he will be very soon. He, he got announced at the game. They still don't have Cavani or Rashford, they they benched Sancho and Martial for this game. And if they really want to use them, they have Van de Beek and Jesse Lingard on the wings. Like, that is a lot of attacking talent that they still have not unlocked yet, that they can and will, and it's going to get even scarier. They're not going to score five goals every single game. But that is a lot of flexibility that they have. And now I'm thinking, like, maybe third place was just the floor for them. Maybe if they play very well, they can challenge for a title like like Fred scored Jack Fred Fred scored yeah, a goal I know, I know. that's this is the end of times oh, he, <laughs> you know, he scored goals whatever you know but like I don't know this is that's crazy let's let's talk about crazy some more Jack Lille versus Nice a four to zero yep. win for for Nice kind of a kind of a, a crazy a crazy turn of events because this was this is what Lille's old manager right right really laying down the band hammer on him jack walk us through like what happened like what are you seeing from this league uh matchup yeah well christophe galtier of course uh former leo manager who won the title with them is at nice now because he was excited by the project and clearly the project seems to be working out well for him or at least it's a good start because they spanked Lille four to zero, and uh, there were two goals from Casper Dolberg, who played very well at the Euros. One from I'm Gory, and uh, I'm gonna butcher this, and one from Hikam Budayo. Wait, I don't know. He's from Algeria. I can't pronounce it, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very bad at pronunciation sometimes. But uh, yeah, overall, this was a very good match for Nice, and. I think the bigger thing, though, is not just about Nice, but about Lille, because they had they sold off a lot of players after uh-huh. they won. They're like, not doing well financially, I don't think. No, they, they are doing very poorly financially. Uh, even the the winnings from League on wasn't enough to fill the financial gaps that they have. Well, why so is they, that? Why is that? They've been uh, League On is in a lot of trouble. We could honestly do a whole episode about League On's financial oh, troubles. Is it the, like their TV deal issues yep. that they're having? Yeah, oh, they're, they're pretty much the entire league is in debt uh, and is on is always in danger of dissolution. That that's that oh, that's that's uh, so that that's what's going on there. But Leo had to sell a lot of players. You know, they they sold their goalkeeper to AC Milan, who was absolutely fantastic i think he's going to he should be france's number one goalkeeper soon enough uh and they really paid for even just that one like even even just that transfer it was so clear that their goalkeeper this time around just doesn't hold a candle to uh to what mike mignon could do and yeah i mean it it just Basically, it's just been bad. I, I don't I don't know what else to say. It's just right. been really bad. It's a bad start for Lille. Uh, uh, some other names. Bubakari Sumare f- to Leicester. 
He's gone. He wasn't playing that much. But just those two pieces, even those two pieces, that, that's enough to make this entire team fall apart, it seems. <laughs> and Lille have a lot of work to do because they start out, they're starting off this season really poorly, getting, I believe, one point so far this yes. season uh, and scoring three goals but having seven scored against them. Their defense needs some reinforcements. And, and that's something that we were not saying last season why their defense was their strong Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It was all make men yum. Yeah, exactly. I like that. That's their offense really wasn't that great last season, and their defense was really, really great. If if their defense falls apart as they did this game for the rest of the season, you'd be like, yes, of course, this is the second game of the season. But I don't know. We're gonna be talking about Lille uh, later on, and we'll see where we put them in the table. Uh, I have nothing else to say about Lille, so let's go on to Tottenham versus Man City. Just happened today when we're recording this. One nil win for Tottenham Hotspur, a sun wonder goal playing as that false nine outside of the box shot. In my mind, it was a really gritty win for Tottenham. Uh, I liked what I saw sometimes. I didn't like what I saw. Uh, but overall, it, it was a good win overall. I uh, said overall twice there, whatever, especially without Kane or their new signing, Gil or Romero playing any substantial minutes. Defensively, I think they were very sound. And makes me terrified to potentially be playing them because, you know, Nuno is known for having that defensive stability. If that's what unlocks Tottenham, that's going to be very, very good for them because, you know, that's not exactly something that we've been saying recently, like the uh, real defensive stalwarts. Yes, they had Mourinho, but Nuno is just another level of like real disciplined defense. That's going to be great. Uh, but overall, the things I didn't see that kind of made me worried about these two teams was city and to a lesser extent spurs really were lacking an actual striker and then you know they played false nines was it torres for city and sun for uh spurs yep city had an xg of 1.17 had 13 shots and just couldn't muster anything crazy they need to sign harry kane if they're going to and they need to do it like very very quickly because they need that output jack mentioned it in the in the uh, uh, predictions last week for them Th- they need that number nine city's lineup I- I'll-, I'll mention this really quickly city's lineup had the most expensive uh total transfer fee lineup whatever in history uh their starting 11 cost 550 million pounds total 50 million per player and they lost nice nothing much to say there other than that's kind of funny jack tottenham versus man city what did you look at that as well, I, I think like with Spurs, you're talking about defensive stability and I, I'm not completely convinced as well because City was able to get a lot of shots in because so they, they, they weren't necessarily like defensively solid in the way like I, I know I'm going to name drop them here, but Chelsea are like where Ooh, they really restrict yeah, I, the I, amounts I of shots on target. So all all like. I, I, th- I think if Tottenham come up against more teams that have those like more clinical number nines, like for example, they might not be the best example, but Liverpool, Firmino and Jota were both on target. Salah, Mane, like it, it, if they come up against those kinds of teams, I'd be I'd be worried because they actually have clinical players who can finish them those chances. So they're still giving up chances. So I'm not completely convinced about the defensive solidity yet. I think it's more of a result of City A 
not having their best defense and playing a really error prone left side of defense, really, uh, in Benjamin Mendy and Nathan Ake, <laughs> which doesn't give anyone confidence, really, I, I think, uh, that side of defense. And then just, you know, I, I, I think I think plus not having a number nine was it was the other big issue but that could be city for their whole season depending on the result with harry kane so we'll see what happens again first game of the season but i i'm not completely convinced that tottenham are going to be this defensive mm-hmm. state uh defensively stable powerhouse i guess yeah uh it could just be because i'm a i'm a chelsea fan but i'm not convinced <laughs> no i mean uh thank you for bringing the logic i think maybe i was too bullish on tottenham that makes sense I think once they, especially once they bring Romero in, we could see something. True. But you're right. This is one data point. The trend line still has to be established. Mm-hmm. But we do right. have some trend lines in this next game. Uh, this is the League's <laughs> Cup. It is, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a knockout tournament between Liga MX and uh, the US League MLS. It, it's, a, it's a money grab tournament. Yes, and I, 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 I put this game in here just to talk about the Lee's Cup, not even about the, the fixture itself. This was at Sporting Kansas City versus Club Leon. Uh, it was 6-1 to one for Club Leon. In fact, MLS only had one team win the quarterfinal stage, which was Seattle Sounders. The way you qualify this is that you are, uh, at least for this iteration of the League's Cup, I think you're really the top four finishers in the Supporter Shield, or you're like, you were the top two teams on either conference that wasn't the top team because the top team qualifies for the Champions League. Something dumb like that. In League MX, it's like something similar like that. It's a it's a, a one-off tournament, so it's one leg uh, per round, always in the U.S., in those home stadiums for MLS. And I don't even know what you win. I don't think it's anything substantial. Uh, Jack, what did you think about yeah, see, I'm not getting I'm not going to name the, the the scores because Sporting Kansas City literally put out their second team. Yeah, like literally Sporting Kansas City two teenagers and reserves. I, what did you take out of this game? And then more importantly, like the greater trends that we're seeing with MLS and Liga MX. Well, I think it shows that MLS still has a bit of a ways to go to catch up to Liga MX. I know it's a reserve team. Yes, but even a reserve team in MLS, you think should be doing OK against mm, I, uh, I don't think so i'll I, stop you right there well i i i think for because my my only point of reference seeing it live at least is minnesota united versus uh cf pachuca in mm-hmm. a in a friendly and minnesota united played a, a lineup at who at the time i had no idea who half the players were because i was just <laughs> getting into everything and so like i uh but they they got a 2-2 draw out of that with uh pachuca playing their top squad i i mean I th- I think like they probably could have done better, and I think the issue is though there's nothing really behind this cup. Like you don't get anything, yeah, for winning yeah. it. That like you said, there, what 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 team is going to risk injuring star players who are very important, especially mid season in MLS, to win a trophy that has no history, that gives you barely any money, that gives you no direct qualification to any competitions? What's the point? And like and Sporting Kansas City did honestly the logical thing. Give minutes to people who don't who aren't going to get them otherwise for the most part. And yeah, I, I think it's good for that reason. But like, like you said, it's probably not fair to read into it all that much. Yeah, as like I, a comparison I, of MLS to Liga MX at least. Yeah, because that's the Champions League. That's the CONCACAF right, Champions yeah. League. 
that is that is the thing that managers legitimately care about. Will will destroy their squad health wise to win because they want that trophy. This is not that. And you're completely right. SKC are fighting for a top seed in the West. Why would they risk that? Peter Vermees, SKC's coach, literally went out and said, we'd like to win everything that we play in. But unfortunately, when you're playing seven games in 22 days, we played four games in the last 11 days. Altitude, away from home. The reality is that I'm not going to risk guys that have high loads. Like, you're right. Lee's Cup doesn't get you anything. It doesn't get you anything substantial. With the Open Cup, you can say that you won the longest, like the oldest soccer tournament in the U.S. With MLS, obviously, you're the champions of America. With the Champions League, you're the champions of North America. With the Lee's Cup, you're the winner of the Lee's Cup. Like, that's it. There's no clout. There's no money. There's no qualification. It's not an open tournament. It doesn't prove that you're good at anything. Even if it does qualify you for the Champions League, what's, like, what's the point of having that tournament? Why not have, like, an actual qualifying format like they have in in Europe, in other places. What's with this weird like tournament format? Like, like what is the point other than pride for winning the Lee's Cup? Like there there isn't any. And you're right. Peter Vermees did the right thing. Sporting KC did the right thing. I see a lot of people mad about this result. I, I'm kind of glad that SKC did this because it just proves how stupid it is. And, and, and I know, I think the stateside guys, I know a lot of MLS, people who are very into MLS, like, we're kind of disappointed that this happened. But really, like, this is so, so stupid. And the, other than, like, if you're, like, a casual fan that doesn't watch MLS and you turn on ESPN2 to watch this game and you realize that it's a 6-1 drubbing, like, that's the only way that that's a bad thing. Like, that's the, that's the only bad outcome when a casual fan sees it and like, oh, I guess MLS does suck because they don't know the context. Like, there are better ways to make a Europa League tur- style tournament, like opening up to different countries, like actually like running it similar to the CONCACAF Champions League. This is just this is just not it. And I, I really don't understand why anyone actually likes this tournament <laughs> in the current format that it is. That, 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 sorry, that, that's just my rant. I know I, I talked a, a while for that, uh, but that, that's just how I see this entire thing. Let's move on from our scorelines because I'm, I'm, I'm sick of talking about uh, SKC losing. Let's go into Bayern Munich winning. How about that? Uh, we're going to talk about the Bundesliga, Serie A, Liga, La Liga. Basically, the, the, the top five European leagues other than Premier League that we covered last week. Uh, and we're talking about the top four predictions. You know, we, we don't really know too much about uh, like Serie R Liga to really fill out another a whole table, but we know enough to fill out the top four. Jack, which league would you like to start on? Uh, uh, anything at all? Let Let's go. We have an order on our on our little script here, so let Let's go in that. And do you want to go from fourth to first, maybe? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, for the Bundesliga, is that what you're seeing? Yeah, for Bundesliga first. All right. Well, I'll let you have the honors. Who's your number four spot for Bundesliga? Number four spot for me is going to be Wolfsburg. They had a promising okay. season last time around, and they have a decently good squad with some good depth in there. Uh, really good defense. I, I mean, they, they pretty much put up a brick wall last season in defense uh, for a number of games. I think they posted something like 10 clean sheets in a row. Very good, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're a really good team. They have a decent attack, or at least good enough when your defense is that good. So I, I think that they should be just good enough to get into the champions league this time around all right 
I went a different route. This is a, I think they finished fifth last time around, a buyer um, Leverkusen. Okay, yeah. I think they got what it takes to make it in. I don't really have any like d- really detailed analysis other than Florian Vertz is a very, very good player who I believe is only 18 and has already made major strides for this buyer Leverkusen team. I think he's going to have an increased role. Patrick Schick obviously had a good Euros. Doesn't necessarily translate, but he's still a good player, even if he's getting up there. Paulinho, their new uh, signing, uh, signing in the defense. Uh, Mitchell Bakker, Backer. You know, a, a mm-hmm. pretty good squad. I think Wolfsburg kind of overperformed, especially defensively. I don't know if really we can we can look at that as something that's going to be a continued success. I, I know a lot of people are also predicting them to go uh, fifth or sixth. Like this, this midfield in the Bundesliga is very, very good. You look at uh, Bayer Leverkusen and you look at Wolfsburg. Uh, you look at even Mönchengladbach. Like the, the, these different teams could all qualify for that fourth spot. But the top three, I think, are very set in stone. Jack, who is your third spot in the Bundesliga? I have RB Leipzig in third okay. uh, this time around. And uh, the reason why is uh, Jesse Marsh. Yes, he did very well in the Austrian Bundesliga. I want to see more of him in the Bundesliga. And I think he is a very good manager. But I, I, I want to see more of him before I'm able to say, like, yes, he is a, he is a manager that will take them to the very top of the Bundesliga. Uh, because Nagelsmann was a great fit at mm-hmm. RB Leipzig. And, you know, they've been losing a lot of personnel over the past few seasons that has weakened <laughs> them significantly. So I don't know. I, I think I think they are a good team. I just don't think they're making top two this time. All right. I am right there with you. Of all the strong German teams last year, I think they're the most precarious in terms of their position right now. They lost some of their starting center backs, uh, one of them to Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've hired a relatively unproven Jesse Marsh. Uh, I think he's good. I, I know you also think that he's pretty of course, good. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's a wait and see, you know, until we see something different. We just assume that he has a chip on his shoulder. He needs to prove it to us because we matter the most before like we really back him. I'm guessing I can I can guess who your number two is unless you had some crazy upset. Who who's your second place in the Bundesliga? I probably do because I have Bayern Munich in second place oh my actually. God. Yo. Yo. I actually do and the reason why is I don't trust Nagelsmann at Bayern Munich. I talked Yo. about it earlier. He's not doing well and with the personnel they have, yes they're missing Pavard still. That is wow. the only really notable player they're missing as as far as I can tell and I think maybe Lucas Hernandez. Uh but still like they should be winning games in preseason, especially against the teams they played against. Like they were losing three to zero to Napoli, which Napoli is good, but Bayern Munich is Bayern Munich. And I, I don't know. I, I just I just don't trust this team as much this time around. Neuer doesn't look the same uh, after after Germany's like kind of kind of getting destroyed at, at, at the Euros at, at, mm-hmm. in the round of 16, really. And I don't know, it just they, they, they just don't look the same right now, the, the German contingent. And I, I'm, I'm gunning for an upset, you know? Wow, that's crazy. We'll talk about Dortmund while you're on the topic, because I have those flipped around. I want to hear your take first. Yeah, well, Dortmund are looking very good. They lost Sancho, yes. Daniel Mullins come in. They have a change of formation coming in. And Marco Rose is a very good coach. 
He was very good at Mönchengladbach, getting them to overperform, really. Got them into the round of 16 in the Champions League, where unfortunately they faced Manchester City. But, you know, even then, they only lost 2-0 to them both time, in both legs, which isn't necessarily bad against Manchester City when you consider they made it to the final. I think he's a very good coach. He has... Pro- like the it's it's not even probably but the best goal scorer in the world right now in Erling Holland mm-hmm. who has 62 goals in 61 games <laughs> and he's not even just scoring goals he's assisting them he had a hat trick of assists uh this weekend and Mar- uh, Marco Royce stayed out of the Euros this time around it paid off he he looks good he looks in good form Gio Reyna looks very good and very up for the challenge. Everyone looks very good on their team. And I, I'm, you know, this could all go downhill because if Dortmund get absolutely battered in the Super Cup, then I, that changes my mind immediately. <laughs> but until it's proven otherwise, five, like 5-2 win against Eintracht Frankfurt, that's impressive because last season they were losing to them like 3-1. Three to, three to one. So, yeah, I, I think Dortmund have what it takes this time around to finally take back the title i can't believe you used until proven otherwise against me because that's what i that's what i said for man city it's what i'm saying right now for bayern munich until uh, proven enough. otherwise bayern munich are the favorites and they're going to win the league until proven otherwise they're they're on track to win their 10th record setting bundesliga title and Yes, they've taken a step back, but Bayern are Bayern for a reason. Germany has have sayings, like idioms, expressing how good Bayern is. It, they are super Bayern, and I can keep on going on and on, but the fact is, like, when you look at the title races of before, right, the only times that any team had even the chance of, of winning was when Bayern Munich were going through a crisis, if there was, like, something really setting them back, like, like, the only way for RB Leipzig or Borussia Dortmund to win this title is if they are perfect. Bayern Munich can, can afford some losses because they, they know that they're going to be super consistent in the long run. Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig have to be as close to perfect as possible because that is the pace that Bayern Munich sets every single season. Until proven otherwise, I'm backing Bayern to win Borussia Dortmund number two. That's just how I see it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I wanted some upsets and I want Reyna to win a title. So I guess you're not backing him. I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I guess, I guess you are the better U.S. men's national team. Yeah, fan. I uh, guess so. <laughs> well, let's see who we have winning Serie A because I don't know. Maybe a U.S. men's national team uh, player can win it. And that's going to be Tanner Tessman and actually uh, uh, oh, Busio with, with, with yeah, Venezia. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. They're no, going to no. do great. <laughs> well, let's kick it off with number four for Serie A. I'll, I'll, I'll start this off. I have AC right. Milan fourth uh i think losing donnarumma is going to be obviously a big hit for them yes they brought in tamori uh mignon t- uh tonoli why, why did i say tonoli tonoli <laughs> tonoli <laughs> he's not a pasta i'm sorry uh Giroux, obviously it's a pretty good that's a pretty good haul ac milan however i i, I don't know how consistent they could be especially when you look at the three teams i have above them who have proven how good they are uh, newsflash i have atalanta right above them uh and i think atalanta are uh, miles ahead not miles ahead I, I think they're they're very much ahead of ac milan in my heart and in these predictions jack fourth place what do you say it's really tough because i'm i i just debated changing it around a little bit 
because I forgot about one key transfer to one of these teams. And I am actually going to change it around because I think it, it probably works. I'm going to go for Inter Milan in fourth, actually. Okay. And the reason why, they lost their biggest source of goals. They lost a lot of their assisting capabilities and defensive uh, status with, uh, you know, Lukaku and Hakimi leaving. And, you know, they, they had they yes, they brought in Edin Dzeko and Denzel Dumfries. But think about the that that's still a downgrade. However, you look at it like Dzeko is old. He's very old. And uh, Denzel Dumfries. Yeah, he's a good right back, but he's relatively unproven at like the top, top, top level. So I think he'll be great. To be fair. I, I think I think he'll be good. I don't think he'll match the levels of Hakimi because that's a high standard to to hit. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to take a step back this year. And also they don't have Conte. I mean, that that's that's a big thing in and of itself. Like no Conte, no party, honestly. Uh, so I, I think uh, I, I think they're going to take a step back and go to fourth. And you, you put who you had right above them. Uh, so I have AC Milan right above them. OK, uh, I think they've had a better offseason personally. Uh, I Giroud, of course, he's been fantastic for them since he came in. Like, you know, give him minutes and he scores goals for you. Fikayo Tomori, of course, another Chelsea player coming in, doing very well. Uh, and I, I just yes, Donnarumma leaving is going to hurt them. It, it's true. But they're they're still going to be a good team because they have Mike Mignon coming in, who is mm-hmm. the best goalkeeper in league on, I know you think it's Kaylor Navas, but it's, I, I, I still think Mike Mignon <laughs> was the best one last season. Uh, Sandro Tonali, like you said, very, very good player for them. I, yeah, I, th- I think they just have what it takes to, to, uh, you know, beat their intercity rivals. Uh, no pun intended there. <laughs> that was very good. That was very good. Uh, my second place team is Inter Milan. Yes, they lost Lukaku Hakimi. Uh, Ashley Young, if you want to include him. But, you know, I, I think Dumfries, uh, Chalanoglu, Jekko, I think they're they're fine additions. I also include uh, Zinho van Huysden, who's a defender from Standard Liege uh, in Belgium. Even with, with those acquisitions, even if they're not the flashiest, their squad is still very good. But like you mentioned, Inzaghi is not Conte, who was a major driver of Inter's success. I think they will take a step back. I, I still think their squad, when you look at it top to bottom, is still good enough to not take a huge step back and just fall to second. I'll mention my first place because you can probably tell that based on who I picked. It's Juventus. Yeah. Getting Locatelli would be a, a huge, huge upgrade for their pretty uninspiring midfield from last season. Allegri also is a more complete and proven coach than Pirlo was. He's a better man manager. He's a better tactician. Everything about him is just better than Pirlo. And I, I think, you know, they kept a lot of their players. If they lose Dybala, uh, I get, that'll be fine. I guess they can deal with that. But overall, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Juventus because they kept a lot of their key players that have gotten them success in the past while upgrading the, the, the position that they needed the most to upgrade, the manager's side. And I guess you can also include the midfield Locatelli if they get him. But Allegri's a huge get, and I think that's going to be the X factor for the Serie A. Jack, you're second and first place as well. Who you have? 
second place. I, I wanted to put him in first, but I couldn't do it. Atalanta. Uh, I, have him in, I have him in second. I, I wanted to put him in first, but I, I just I just can't. Losing Christian Romero is a big loss. Mm-hmm. Yes, they still have Luis Muriel and Duvon Zapata. I, I'm I'm very happy that they still have Zapata because it looked like for a while he might go to Inter and then Atalanta might get Edin Dzeko. I'm so glad that didn't happen. Thank <laughs> God. Uh, that would have been such a downgrade. But, you know, their attack is still good, but their defense is not anymore without Romero like it goes down a lot and without Golini as well and goal so it, it they're gonna be a little bit shaky this year but they're still pretty good like they they're they're still a good team in Serie A they've upset the Giants before in games just not to win a title just not enough to win a title and Juventus Ivan first like the main reason is Allegri he, he's a good manager he's brought them to the heights and he he's a fantastic manager Upgrade on every level, like you said, on Pirlo. I don't know what else I can add except for another trophy for a U.S. men's national team player. You know what? Yeah. Look at that. Two two leagues in, I've predicted U.S. men's national team players to win in both of them. I've predicted it in all three. Pulisic to win it at, at the first one. Look at that. Wow. Well, <laughs> there's a. It's gonna end here. It's it's gonna it's gonna end here with Liga. Is it, it? it could it could. It? Uh, oh, oh wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> it could continue with La Liga, but at least for me. Newsflash, it's gonna it's gonna end with Liga. Uh I'll I'll start this off. Do you wanna go from first because it's pretty obvious? Yes. Well, let's <laughs> say it in the count of three, ready? All right. One, two, three. Ungers. PSG. Uh, what? Oh, PSG. PSG. <laughs> no, PSG. Yeah. PSG, yeah. It, it, they they have the best squad in Europe right now. Like yeah. honestly. I, I I said like in the Premier League, Chelsea has the best squad. Yeah, PSG has the best in all of Europe. Messi, mm-hmm. Neymar, Mbappe. Ramos, uh, Verratti, they've got Wijnaldum, that's probably less on the lesser down on the list, uh, Kaylor Navas, Gigi Donnarumma, they, they've just got every Hakimi. position. Hakimi, yeah, of course, like every position is is just set to go. It, it, if this team doesn't win the title, it is probably the biggest failure in, yeah. in, in sports history. history. Yeah, in sports exactly. history, honestly, yeah. It's the biggest choke of all time, like for real. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way, so we don't leave the the fans in suspense. Yeah. <laughs> who's your Who's your fourth place uh, Liga team? This one's a little bit strange because they're under a bit of a crisis right now. But I've actually gone for Olympic Marseille. And Jack, I have the same team. You do? Okay. Yes. We we're big Conrad fans here. Mm-hmm. He's been He's been very good. Marseille has been pretty good they gave up a they gave up a, a lot of goals recently yeah. they only scored one more goal than they've actually that uh, than they've conceded but they've done some good transfer business they've got a lot of good players on loans they they've gotten a good some decent goalkeepers they've got you know Senga's Uner Under comes in from Roma Conrad de la Fuente comes in from from Barcelona you've got Gerson Fernandez from Flamengo you've got I, I mean, I could go on and on, really. There, there's so many players that they brought in, and it shows that they have an intent to actually rebuild this squad, which is very good. They, uh, I believe they actually have a... Yeah, they have a new coach as well. Sam Pauli. Mm-hmm. Not maybe the best coach of all time, but not bad, certainly. Uh, and I think that they'll get second. All right. Oh, fourth? Wait, did you say second? Or I said fourth. Do you oh, have you said second? fourth. I have them second. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's even more crazy than I have. I have them in fourth. <laughs> wow. For, okay. For, for the same reasons, I have them in fourth because I think they're good. I don't, I don't think they're that good. Okay. That's okay. crazy. I'll, I'll say my second place team as well. All right. It's Monaco. 
Oh um, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they got some uh, great uh, uh, players. Uh, is it Boadu in? Is that how you pronounce it? I believe you are right on that. Yes, yeah, so they got they, they have uh, Boado. They brought him in. Uh, he's going to be a great striker for an already a uh, great side with Ben Yedder, uh, Golovin, Martins, Fofana on the side. I, I just I don't really know if they took too much of a stride backwards. If anything, I th- think they took a stride forwards. And so that's why I have Monaco. Uh, my analysis on Liga sides are not going to be great just because I don't watch too much Liga. Uh, and I still won't, even though Messi's there. <laughs> Jack, I- I'm, I'm now curious to hear your third place side. Is it going to be... I'm not going to guess. I just want to hear. What, it's what is Monaco. It? I have Monaco in third. Okay. I, I, I think they're very oh, wow. good. Uh, and the only thing is... They just haven't fixed some of the issues that they had last season, which is their defense. Their mm-hmm. defense is a, oftentimes a liability. And I think that that is pretty much going to be their downfall that, uh, like uh, in trying to secure like first or second place. I, I really think that it's going to hurt them. They almost always gave up goals, really. Uh, it, 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 I, there was a streak where they kept a lot of clean sheets, but... Yeah, I, I just I, I also think that the, towards the end of the season, they were just giving up goals left and right. And I, I don't know, it, 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 I, I, it hurts to put them this low, but I also think that Marseille has a better squad than them right now, honestly. Hmm. All right. All right. I, I, I don't know if I can really say that a bunch of new players are going to automatically, you know, usurp Monaco. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. My third place team was uh, Lyon. Losing to Pi hurts, but I still th- think they have the talent to at least compete for a Champions League spots. Obviously, if they're in third place, they're not going to get automatic qualification. But, you know, I think they're going to be up there. Jack, obviously, because I picked those four teams, I did not pick Lille to even make the top four. I, I, I think they're going to have a serious downgrade, and that's why I don't even have them uh, competing for that top four spots. Who is your fourth place team? Is it Lille? Is it Lyon? Who is it? It's actually not either of them. Oh my gosh. I, I, I love think, this. I, I think Depay... Is it, nice? Le- it is. It is oh, OGC wow, nice. wow, wow. And the reason why, Gaultier is such a good coach in the French League. That's he true. is very good. He is good at getting defensively stable sides forward and to score goals. They've got good goal scores. They have Casper Dolberg, who is fantastic so far this season and you know he this squad is pretty good it's also very young and Gaultier does really well at getting the best out of young sides it seems like with Lille he was very good at at doing that I they have a good balance of youth and some experience here and there Uh, but yeah I I actually think that this project that Gaultier saw in them at first when I when I heard he was leaving Lille for Nice I was like there's no way but as when I looked into it I was like yeah yeah it's a good it's a good team it has, it has good players a bright future i think they can get fourth i really think they do they can all right all right well that's crazy hypothetically where would leo finish fifth sixth where leo i think sixth and then wow. leon would be fifth i i think depay leaving hurts them too much because okay. that was like 20 goals i think for them last season okay i i they don't really have a good replacement for him that that's that's all I think. All right. All right. Well, let's quickly move on to La Liga. Uh, I'll start off. I have fourth place Sevilla. 
don't really have an analysis on that. I just yeah, think they're a good I, I side. Have the same. I have the All same. Right. They're good. Uh, they might lose. They they probably will keep Kunde now that we have uh, that Chelsea have uh, the best defender of all time, Trevo Chalaba. Okay. All right. <laughs> Third place, I have Real Madrid losing Varane and Ramos is quite the loss, especially because they've really held it down the past couple of years. Gone in one window. They're an older team. Cruz, Benzema, Marcelo, Modric, all getting older. They do have a new guard available. They have a lot of exciting young players. But will it be enough? And can they actually fill the void that their old and departed leaders have left? And can Enchilotti get the most out of a relatively dysfunctional group from last year? Maybe, maybe not. I think this is going to be an off year for them. Jack, who do you have third place? I have the same thing. I have Real Madrid as well. I I think, like you said, the main reason was the defensive stability isn't going to be there, really. Uh, like even the even when they're scoring a lot of goals, they gave up a goal still in their game uh, against Deportivo Alaves. I mean, it's who are not a good team, to be fair. <laughs> uh, so I mean, like that. That's I, I think their defense still has some sorting out to do. Courtois is still there, but. Eventually, if their defense isn't doing the job screening shots, then he can't save everything. So, yeah, that I, I think I think third place for them. All right. Well, here is where we might disagree. Second place, I have Atletico Madrid. They can still use Trippier, but this team is still mostly intact. But Luis Suarez is one year older. Louis losing Trippier would be huge. And completely, honestly, everything last year had to go right in order for them to win. Real Madrid and Barcelona had to implode in order for Atletico Madrid to win. Can that you know, re- repeat? I'm going to say unlikely. They kind of caught lightning in a bottle and maybe maybe they'll challenge. I think they will challenge. I think all four of these teams will challenge for the title. But I think Barcelona will end up on top. Jack, before I get into Barcelona, Jack, did we agree? Did we disagree? Do you have an entirely other team there? I don't know. We we disagree now on, okay. on this one. And because I have Barcelona there, I, I think losing Messi, yes, they have players that can still play in his place. And yes, they did well in their game today against a Real Sociedad. But Messi is special. Like, he mm-hmm. really is. Like, losing Messi hurts regardless. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who you have there. It, you could You could have, you could, honestly, you could have Ronaldo replacing him. And it would still hurt uh, losing Messi for that because he is just such a special player that changes games for them. And, you know, I, I mean, yes, Braithwaite scored a brace today, which is weird uh, against Real Sociedad in the league. But I, I still think that it, it, it's just not enough this year. They, they losing Messi just isn't is, is bad. If, if they still had him first place automatically, but without him, I, I second. All right. All right. Uh, I think replacing Messi's output when he scored 30 goals last season is going to be hard. But when you look at these replacements, and they have actually now been able to register them officially, so that's that's not an issue. It's helpful. Uh, Aguero, Garcia, Emerson, and Depay, which on paper is you know, a, a pretty good uh, get. Their attack is elite. There's no doubt about it. Griezmann, Depay, Fati, Aguero, Dembele, at least all of them are serviceable. Their defense is the only thing I'm worried about, which is why Atletico Madrid can actually challenge for the title. Langlet, Araujo, PK, uh, uh, Dest, Alba, Roberto, Garcia. Nobody there is elite uh, in contrast to their attack. So if there's going to be one area that needs to be upgraded in the winter transfer window, preferably for nothing more than 50 million, because then they're going to have to do this entire thing over. Again, <laughs> it's going to be the defense. 
Jack, why do you believe in Atletico Madrid before we move on to some real quick stories? You said Luis Suarez is a year older, but he he's still very good because that's what we said last year when, when he true. moved on when we moved on to Barcelona. He's like, ah, he's old now. But then he went on to score 21 goals in the season. Or was it was it more? It was it was in the 20s. He scored a lot of goals. Yeah, yes, and yes. That, that, that's all you need to know about him. And he, even even without him in the team like today. They were still scoring goals. Angel Correa was was great up top for them. Uh, Yannick Carrasco is still there. Sa- Saul and Koke, that midfield duo, is still uh, kicking about. Marcos Llorente, Thomas Lemar. They and uh, they also beat a team after playing down a man. To or wait, no, never mind. My bad. They 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 got in a brawl at the end and got the red card. My bad. Remember in a different game. <laughs> They've got Jan Oblak at the back. Their defense is pretty good. Mario Hermoso, Jose Jimenez, uh, Stefan Savic. Uh, and they have new signing Rodrigo DePaul in from Udinese, mm-hmm. who is very, very good in central midfield. Was great in the Copa America as well. Uh, but And plus, Diego Simeone is a better coach than Ronald Koeman. I, I mean, that's that's pretty much not to that that's not really debatable i think it's probably just a fact at this point ronald coleman is nowhere near diego simeone in my opinion so i i so i i'm i'm gonna believe in simeone ball you know and i i also didn't even mention joao felix he he really came came into into form last season and if he can do it again they i they can they can repeat the title all right all right well we had some disagreements there throughout the board, but but that's what makes it exciting. Yeah, and so we'll, we'll see who we'll see who's the best uh, when the season ends. Uh, let's move on to some real quick stories. We got four for you. We'll start off with uh, Gonzalo Pineda to Atlanta United from Seattle. He is joining the head coaching staff with Atlanta United. He was previously an assistant coach, 2017 to 2021 in the Seattle Sounders. They obviously won a title or two during that time. Uh, during his playing days, he's played for El Tri, Seattle, Chivas, and Pumas. Uh, from what I've heard from Atlanta fans, it's a it's a good hire. He knows MLS, which is something that the last three managers have lacked. So that expertise can you know hopefully make them win. Jack, want to take the next one? Yeah. Uh, well, this is a sad story because uh, Gerd Muller, legendary German striker, uh, uh, the. I, I believe he went by uh, the Bomberman. I, I believe was uh, was uh, what what he went by. Uh, He's passed away today at the age of 75. Mm-hmm. He was he was just an amazing goal scorer for Bayern Munich. 398 league goals in 453 appearances. That's fantastic. He won the Bundesliga and Pokal four times each. The European Cup three times, a World Cup, and a European Championship with West Germany. And even won the Ballon d'Or in 1970. Interestingly enough, he actually finished his career playing in the mm-hmm. USA with Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Nice. Uh, Great player. He's going to be missed. He he's just a fantastic, fantastic player. Really. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, Gerd Mueller. So we're moving to another sad story. Jack, do you want to talk about a little yeah. bit of controversy in the NWSL? Yeah. Well, in the NWSL, there was a interview with recent Olympic gold medalist Quinn, who uses they them pronouns and mm-hmm. identifies as non-binary. Mm-hmm. The entire time through this interview. The interviewer used the wrong pronouns uh, using she, her pronouns. And obviously any, any journalist should be doing the research before and knowing that Quinn goes by they, them pronouns. It's in their bio on Twitter. So it's pretty easy to kind of do that research. But unfortunately 
the interviewer did not do that, and it's a bad look for NWSL because Quinn is an amazing athlete. Really, uh, they they won a gold medal for goodness sake, and uh, for the interviewer to not do that basic level of research is terrible. He uh, the interviewer he did issue an apology, mm-hmm. which is good, but. You know, as I saw some non-binary NWSL fans say, makes them less likely to want to watch the league because it feels like uh, the, uh, like non-binary people aren't being given the respect they deserve on, on there. So uh, I, I hope the NWSL does better in the future. This shouldn't have happened in the first place, but I hope they do better in the future. Yeah, of course. And we are hopefully going to have someone who covers the NWSL pretty frequently on the podcast talk about not just this controversy, but there is a lot more NWL controversies in the past year. Way too much to even count on one finger, on one hand. So hope you can get them on and talk about some NWL. Well, Jack, considering that we're almost an hour, do you want to talk about yeah. some U.S. men's national team, or I'll talk about some U.S. men's national team? Yeah, why don't, why don't you why don't you take it away? Because this one, as I'm understanding, isn't all about the U.S. men's national team. It's about a, a few players being choosing not to represent the yeah US men's i guess i should team. call this the, the mexican national team corner <laughs> uh, this is the u.s you men's could. national team corner where i talk about a big story happening with the u.s national teams now the gold cup and nations league is done we're talking about uh, so, some more off the field stories starting with Lena rajo and david ochoa moving from the u.s men's national team to l tree making that one-time switch both are pr- prominent players in their respective clubs la galaxy Julian Rajo is a right back for them and RSL. David Cho is a goalkeeper for them. Both played for the USA youth teams, including the failed Olympic qualifying this past March. And now they're filing a one-time switch to the Mexican national team. Now, why is this? David Ochoa released an article on Players Tribune talking about why he made the choice. A lot of it was because he's Mexican and he grew up with a Mexican culture surrounding him. And he was a fan of Mexico growing up. He also felt more in place with the Mexican national team as he was with his idols and with his fellow countrymen. Another large part of it that cannot be ignored is that the road to becoming a national team player was easier for Mexico. With the U.S., you'd have to compete with Turner, Stefan, Horvath. That's very difficult because they're all very good. With a, you know, an aging Memo Ochoa for, for Mexico and I'm forgetting their, their, their second uh, goalkeeper, they're, they're both very old. David Cho will have a better chance getting in here, again with Mexico. Ulian Rajo, it's the same story. Dest, Cannon, Shaq Moore. Uh, you could look at even Gedlin and Scali even. That's a huge depth chart that you have to break into. Uh, but even beyond just opportunities to play, Ochoa talked about his struggles with depression as a first-gen immigrant, being cast aside as uh, U.S. fans and players just disregarded him for being Mexican and speaking Spanish, but also being cast aside in Mexico by his fellow Mexicans because he grew up in America. There's more to it, and I highly suggest people give it a read. But there are a couple takeaways that I got from this entire situation. Number one is that this is an insanely personal decision that is very hard on the player. David Choa is a month older than me, just a month. If you told me that I had to decide whether or not to side with the Philippines or the USA, I would probably not be able to decide if i'm being honest i don't understand why people call him a snake or badmouth him for this decision when it's so clearly a decision that goes beyond the scope of the game and it's something that affects him personally number two i'm seeing a lot of fans say that he has 
a bad mentality and actually oh we don't want him because he wants just like an easy way to becoming a national team keeper he he wa- he doesn't want to fight for it he and Araujo and Ocho just have this bad mentality that's kind of stupid in my opinion first of all remember that's a personal decision too players are humans second of all players are workers too would you rather work for a company that won't promote you or move to a company that will promote you, give you a raise, and is more in line with your personal identity? Probably take the second option. Him becoming a second goalkeeper, or starting goalkeeper, sorry, for a prestigious national team is good for his development as a player, an asset, and even as a person. And third of all, do people not realize that we got Brooks, Musa, and Des, some of our best players, because they honestly weren't good enough to be a part of their home country's national teams, so they chose to play for us because we gave them the opportunity to play or are we just choosing to forget all about that and just hating on him because he's going to our arch rivals and number three it tells us some systematic issues the u.s men's national team until very recently was not a great place for mexican americans to play in coaches would force them to speak english even though they spoke spanish mainly there wasn't any hispanic presence on the coaching staff or really with any of the other players and the outreach to recruit them was minimal due to racial prejudice. Uh, Hercules Gomez, who's a former U.S. Men's National Team player and currently uh, an anchor for uh, ESPN FC, did an interview with the Scuff podcast about it. Go give it a listen. It was a very stark contrast to the rosy picture we get with European doodle nationals. Yes, Greg Berhalter has done a much better job at recruiting dual nationals and building a good culture, even for these Mexican-Americans, but it goes a lot further than Greg Berhalter and is something that we need to change. A, we need to bring back the Spanish language U.S. soccer count. It stopped around 2018 and 19. Don't know why. We need more Mexican, Hispanic, Spanish-speaking coaches. We need to improve our outreach and heavily recruit Mexican-American players early and make them feel welcome by allowing them to be themselves, unlike with David Ochoa. And D, once we get a superstar Mexican-American player, we got to market the heck out of them and make them a positive role models for Mexican-Americans who feel out of place, you know? I feel like the U.S. men's national team does a good job recruiting European dual nationals, African-American players, and obviously white dudes, but it falls short on other minority groups that are disproportionately underrepresented in U.S. soccer. Asian-Americans very recently have fallen off the map, and for some reason, they're not getting the representation in those uh, youth camps in uh, the national teams. Mexicans, as I mentioned, and just other uh, Hispanic people from these different countries are underrepresented and in my mind, aren't getting the opportunities that they so obviously deserve. That is the U.S. national team corner. I don't think we should panic about this. I think we have a lot of depth, but there is a lot to improve with us as fans and the Federation as a whole. Yep, that is the U.S. national team uh, corner. Checks out next week when we talk about hopefully some positive news uh, happening with our team, not some negative news like this. Jack Let's get into last week's predictions. Chelsea versus Villarreal, the UEFA Super Cup. I'm guessing you like this result. So why don't you walk us through the scoring system for our prediction segment and tell us what you saw from that game. Well, you get 10 points for getting the result correct. You get 20 points if you get the exact scoreline correct. And you get zero points for none of it right. But if the team wins on a penalty shootout, you get five points. So getting into that. 
Chelsea versus Villarreal, UEFA Super Cup. It was a much closer game than I anticipated. Chelsea had the better of the first half, dominating the game, defending well, and struck first with a Hakim Ziyech goal to take the lead. But unfortunately, Ziyech went off injured at the end of the first half with what looked to be a dislocated shoulder. looked very painful for sure. He was in a sling afterwards. Not great. And after the break, Villarreal came out swinging and found an equalizer through a beautiful Gerard Moreno goal. And the game went all the way to penalties, where Kepa was surprisingly subbed on. A lot of people, including myself, were a little skeptical of this decision at first, but he proved to be the hero. He really did. Uh, he saved two penalties, including the decisive one from Raul Albiol, Villarreal's captain, to start Chelsea's season off with winning some silverware right away and i guess two to zero for chelsea so i'll take five points for winning i my team got to win anyway so that's what <laughs> i care about reed guessed a 2-1 win for chelsea closer still five points for him aj though guessed right on the money 1-1 draw uh so 20 points for him good start for aj after uh that that's actually as many points as he got in his last two weeks <laughs> oh, wow. in predictions so you can't even let go. me have this win wow I love <laughs> I, I'm, le I'm letting you have it but i i had okay. to I, I just had to highlight that you know all right <laughs> that's so funny and uh just so everyone knows yeah reed was on here because i wasn't here i was on vacation last week so we are going to mention his predictions as well uh and yeah let's move on to america versus philadelphia Union. no not the united states of america this is Club America in the CONCACAF Champions League. Philadelphia Union are the last MLS team standing in this semifinal. Uh, playing against Club America is going to be hard no matter what team you are. Even an above average MLS team like the Union are expected to struggle in Mexico City. Uh, Aguilera and Sanchez were the two scorers for America. And Philly just couldn't convert anything. Santos, Shabilko, and Gazdag are fine attackers. Great even. But the lack of polish in the final third name drop at final third show uh, on Twitter uh, bit this team in the butt. If they convert one of their six chances, the second leg goes from being an insurmountable task to a doable one. Because without that away goal, they're facing a challenge that they've never seen before. They had that away goal. If they, if they win 1-0 at home, they go ahead. But now they are fighting this uphill battle and it's going to be hard to see them advance. Fingers crossed though. Fingers crossed. Jack said a 2-1 to one win for America, gets 10 points. Rita's right on the money, 2-0, to zero, gets 20 points. And I said 3-1, to one, 10 points for me. Now let's talk about kind of a banter club right now, Brentford versus Arsenal. Jack, take it away. Yeah, well, Arsenal opened their campaign on a very sour note. Well, Brentford are in a dreamland, really. Uh, Arsenal looked good for the first five to ten minutes, and Brentford clearly grew into the game and struck first when Pablo Mari's errant clearance found Ethan Pinnock, passed it to Sergi Canos, who scored a beautiful goal, really. Uh, and Brentford's first ever goal in the Premier League, hey. really exciting for them. Brentford's second came from some truly awful defending from Arsenal, where everyone missed a corner kick. And, uh, you know, uh, Norgard just headed it into an empty net. And that was it. Ben White kind of stayed still not the best showing for the 50 million man from Brighton. But it's 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 all right. It's the first game of the season. But Brentford, great job to them. Good for them. Uh, I guessed a one to one draw. That gets me zero points. Reed guessed a one to three win for Arsenal. Oh, man. Poor guy. I, I feel bad for him, but. AJ gets a 1-0 Brentford win, so he gets 10 points Let's go. for believing in the Bees. Uh, so glad. Uh, on a roll, let's see if it continues in this next game. Yeah.
spoiler alert, it doesn't. This is Minnesota United versus LA Galaxy in MLS. Jack, Reed, my girlfriend Andrea, and I all went to this game in person at Allianz Field. It was great. It was fun, but also frustrating. Minnesota had their chances. Our striker, Adrian Unu, just couldn't get anything on target despite so, so many shots. LA Galaxy's attackers terrorized Coleman and Debassi, our center backs, particularly Kevin Cabral, who was a great MLS winger, still is. I don't know why I said was. You know, he was just running in from behind, just getting those chances. Uliano Rajo, who I mentioned earlier, shut down any attacks from our left side, completely lights out. And their backup goalkeeper, Jonathan Klinsman, yes, the, the son of Jurgen Klinsman, former U.S. Men's National Team head coach, was the man of the match. Minnesota had so many chances from Reynoso, Unu, our substitutes, Aguadelo, and McMaster. Yet Klinsman stood on his head and made some insane saves. Seven saves to be exact. He had an expected goals against of 1.3, yet kept the clean sheet. There's so many shots where any other goalkeeper wouldn't have gotten it, wouldn't have saved it, but he got it. Can't even be mad, they just outplayed us. But it kind of shows that maybe Minnesota isn't a top-tier team in MLS. Yes, we were missing some of our best players, but they were also missing some of their best players, and we were at home. We have a lot of work to do to get to that Seattle, Sporting KC, LA Galaxy, New England Revolutions level. Uh, and to cap things off, for a, a bad week for Minnesota, Jack gets 3-1, to one, 0 points. Reed, 2-0, to zero, 0 points. I was pretty close if it wasn't for uh, Jonathan Klinsman. I guess 1-1, one one, almost got it many times towards the end of the game. I also get 0 points, however. Let's talk about a fun game this time. Borussia Dortmund versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Jack, this is a great game. What did you see here, and what happened? Yeah, well, I thought Dortmund would still be good without Sancho, but I didn't think they'd be this good. Uh, the black and yellow got an ideal start to the campaign, racking up the goals against Frankfurt. Marco Royce's decision not to go to the Euros was clearly justified as he tucked away Dortmund's first uh, first goal only for Felix Passlack to score an own goal three minutes later. However, Torgan Hazard got Dortmund ahead again five minutes later, while Holland added another just two minutes after that to make it three to one before halftime. And after halftime, USMNT midfielder Gio Reyna got on the board with a great goal, and Holland got his second to bring Dortmund's tally to five and his goal and his assist tally to three overall Whoa. in this game. So hat trick of an assist, almost a hat trick overall as well, but good start for him. Frankfurt would take a late consolation, though, for new loan signing against Peter Haug to make it 5-2. to two. Overall, not a great performance from Frankfurt. Great for Dortmund. I guessed a 2-0 to zero win. I'll take the 10 points. Reed guessed a 2-2 two to two draw for 0 points. And AJ guessed a 2-1 to one win for 10 points. But how does it all go up? Well, Reed got 25 points. I got 25 points as well. AJ, however... Got 50 points. He finally, he finally had a good week. It, it, was, it, it, it finally happened for him. And, you know, we, we took a look at, at this uh, as like almost a season because we've had 32 game weeks of predictions. And overall, my record is 12, uh, 12 wins, 15 losses, and 5 draws. AJ has 12 losses, or 12 wins, sorry, 17 losses, and 3 draws. 
Uh, the the difference in those draws, by the way, comes from guests uh, competing mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. So that just in case uh, you were wondering where that comes from. So if we were to play this out like an actual season, it would be really close. I have 41 points uh... and AJ has 39. So very close on that. Uh, we can see maybe this week does anything to change those totals. But yeah. actually, I was thinking that this should be the end of our season right here. Oh, OK, OK. And so I'm fully willing to get let you be the champion oh, let's of let's the fir- the very first season because it coincides with the start of the the EPL season and everything. True. true I yeah. say this next season we continue it until the end of the, this uh, calendar year, and we'll see who's on top. And also, uh, I I didn't even ask Jack if we, we should follow through with this, but I'm I'm gonna say if you want to be a part of this prediction game, go on our Twitter every week. I'm gonna post it right after this episode airs. I'm going to have a poll where the fans can guess which team is going to win or draw each of these games. And we'll see if you guys can beat us and we'll have you guys in the standing as well. The listeners will have their own uh, category and hopefully (laughs) we don't lose to our listeners. So go check us out on Twitter for that at final third show. Jack, congratulations. How do you feel? Pretty good. Given that it was that close, you know, we uh, it's it's almost like uh, the city versus liverpool title race in 1819 yeah literally it's it's just about that uh i guess i I have to be manchester city though in that scenario so uh, i don't know about that but i don't want to be liverpool either so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well i think i should get off on a good start here next week's predictions next season new season let's get started with it borussia dortmund versus bayern munich in the german super cup final i'll start off with this Bayern had a nasty tie against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Couldn't find the net despite having a 3.12 xG. Dortmund, on the other hand, came in with a very electric performance, beating Frankfurt 5-2. However, Dirk Klassikers are a different beast in form. Just doesn't matter. Given Bayern's dominance over Dortmund recently, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Bayern Munich win. Jack, what do you say? Well... I said that there's no wins yet for Nagelsmann at Bayern. I've repeated that three times throughout this episode. And Marco Rose has a machine that's pretty well oiled at this point, and it's doing well. I'm actually going for Dortmund to win the Super Cup two to one. I, I think it will be close, but Bayern just don't look the same right now. I, I, I really think Dortmund, if they had an opportunity to beat Bayern for a trophy, now is the opportunity. All right. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see. Another rivalry. New York Red Bulls versus NYCFC in MLS. Jack, who is taking the Hudson River Derby? Well, NYCFC haven't lost in six games, scoring Mm -hmm. 14 and only letting in three. uh, New York Red Bulls haven't won in seven games, scored six goals and gave up 10. Honestly, I, I think NYCFC, they always looked like a decent team, but they're really showing it now. And I think they're going to take this one three to one. I, I, I'm not sure if uh, if they can keep out the Red Bulls entirely because it is a derby. Right. So uh, I'm but I'm saying three to one. All right. Well, NYC's FC are very good this year. Maxi Morales, Valentin Castellanos, Tinnerholm, Parks, Sands, Medina, all playing super well. They're second in the East right now. But the last time NYCFC beat the Red Bulls in Red Bull Arena was in 2017. So I'm going to play it safe, even though. If there's any time they can beat them, it's going to be now. I'm going with a 1-1 draw between the two New York sides. Let's go to a spicy matchup this time. Athletic Bilbao versus FC Barcelona. 
Uh, Jack, what do you think is going to happen with a messiless Barcelona now? Yeah, well, despite being messiless, they actually don't look that bad this season. Yeah, they've given though, up some. Even though you have them not winning right, a title, right? They've given up some bad goals. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like their attack is still good enough, and against Athletic Bilbao, I think I think they can do enough to to uh, get the win here. I think it will be potentially a scrappy one. Uh, actually, I predicted a one zero win for Barcelona in this one. Oh, wow. So that, that that's what I'm thinking for this. I th- they look they look OK this season and Athletic Bilbao didn't have a great season last time around. I don't have any real data points to go off for this season <laughs> since they haven't played yet. So I, I, I'm just going for Barcelona to win. All right. Well, I'm going with a two to one win for Barcelona. Uh, just like you, I think their defense is shaky. But you know, with Depay, I think I think they could uh, get some good goals, even if they can't keep Atletico Bilbao out. Like I said, two to one for Barcelona. Napoli versus Venezia in Serie A's next. Serie A's back, so let's talk about a Serie A debut for two Americans, Gianluca Busio and Tanner Tessman on Venezia. Venezia are newly promoted. It is going to be uh, their first time in Serie A since I don't know when. It's been a long time. I think I want to say since like the early two thousands. It's been a while. It's been a yes. while. Whenever it was, uh, but because they are newly promoted, this shouldn't even debate. Do I have to go into Napoli? They're a very good team, and honestly, they could be challenging for top four in that five to six spot for sure. I wrote down three to zero. I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna go five zero actually for oh, Napoli. Geez, okay. I think Venezia's gonna get battered because because they they had in the Coppa Italia today they had to go to penalties against. Uh, Frozenone. I don't even know how you pronounce it. Frozione. Frozione. Yeah. Uh, and that's not great because if you want to compete with the likes of Napoli, you got you got to batter those sides. So I don't know. What do you say, Jack? I actually was gonna predict three zero, but I'm gonna actually up it as well uh, to four zero this okay. time though. <laughs> uh, Napoli actually haven't lost since April seventh, and they've that's played good. thirteen games since then. They've beaten Bayern Munich as well, three to zero. Uh, at the Allianz Arena for context. So, I mean, that that's pretty impressive uh, in, in that. But I just don't think they're going to lose against a newly promoted Venezia. And yeah, I'll say four to zero. I I, I think it might be a trial by fire for uh, Tessman and Busio. All right. I, I like it. Well, let's go into a, a more closely matched uh, game or well, well, we'll see what Jack thinks. I think it's closely matched. It's the London Derby. Arsenal dropped points big time against Brentford while Chelsea smattered Crystal Palace 3-0. Now is the perfect time for Chelsea to take on Arsenal, right? It'll be an easy win, right? Wrong. Who cares about Lukaku? Who cares that they, that they put Crystal Palace into zero shots on target? Arsenal haven't lost to Chelsea since 2019 despite being dog butt last year. It's Arteta magic. It's Mikel Arteta masterclass. He's, on, he's at the wheel. I'm going with the 1-0 win for Arsenal. <laughs> Reed, I know you're listening. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, Jack. I'm Jack. I know you're on the Arsenal train with me. I know you're on the Arsenal train. Absolutely not. I'm gonna <laughs> stop it in its tracks right now. Uh, Chelsea looked great against Palace. They looked good enough in the Super Cup as well. They they've looked good this preseason. They also beat Arsenal in preseason. If, if you remember, with with like, and the the fact is, we scored goals against them with our second string side out against them. So I'm feeling pretty good uh, about it. Arsenal looked 
extremely poor against Brentford. It wasn't just dropping points. They didn't even compete for the points in the first place. It looked like <laughs> it, like that. That's how bad they were against Brentford. This could all come back to bite me. Yes. But I'm saying that Chelsea win this one two to zero. I think it, I think it's time. I think I, I think Arteta. It, I, I can't stand him winning again. Actually, I could because then it means that Arsenal probably keep him and then they they suffer again arsenal so all right all right but i'm going two to zero for chelsea let's go blues <laughs> all right all right all right i just wanted to be a little controversial so we can yeah. oh yeah plus we have lukaku coming in that, then he'll probably be playing against arsenal so if, if ivan tony was able to do what he was able to do against against the arsenal defense imagine what lukaku is able to do all right you have lukaku but have you ever heard of Martinelli, huh? Granite Shaka, Callum Chambers. Oh, wow. I think wow. I think Arsenal got it. I think Arsenal got okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh well, Jack, that is the the end of our first week of this new season of predictions. How are you feeling? Do you think you can get off with a good three points right off the bat? Well, I didn't believe in Arsenal, so I think I could I could be looking <laughs> towards some towards some good three points. Uh all right. Well, I'm also feeling pretty confident. I'm really feeling Pretty confident about my uh, New York Hudson River Derby uh, prediction there and my Super Cup uh, prediction as well. Uh, Jack, thank you for joining me. Uh, happy birthday as well. If you're listening here, uh, get, give Jack a happy birthday. Happy birthday tweet. Uh, where can people find us on the social medias if they want to do that? At Final Third Show, if, yeah. you, if you want to do that. It's, it's a fun place. Uh, you can vote, obviously, in these prediction games if, you're will, if you want to do that. Uh, and, you know, uh, talk, uh, see all of the bad and good takes that we have on there. Uh, more often than not, bad takes like Steve Bruce being the best manager of all time. I'm all kidding. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I could I, I could barely get through that. Uh, but yeah, I, I just just follow us on there. Yeah. And also follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We always read uh, our reviews out on the show. So you know, if you want a free shout out, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and tell your friend that you enjoy the show. Go ahead and tell your dad that you enjoy the show. I'm sure, he would love to hear it. And yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to see you guys this Thursday for a very special U.S. Men's National Team themed uh, deep dive episode. And we'll see you guys same time, the same place for our news and predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now. <laughs>